0: Omagyanati madanasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurun mithithamdena tasmai shi Hare Krishna, dear devotees, please accept my most humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Welcome back to Soothing the Mind and the Soul through Krishna Kata. I first offer my respectful obeisances to his divine grace, AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, my eternal spiritual master, and to all of you, because you are Vaishnavas, and therefore the most worshipable in the three worlds. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Thanks for joining. We're continuing our reading in the Srimad Bhagavatam, and we're taking up where we left off at the 10th canto, 16th chapter of Krishna. Krishna chastises the serpent Kalia. Just now we're reading the prayers by the Nagapatnis. These are the wives of Kalia, who stepped in to, on behalf of their husband, propitiate the Supreme Personality of Godhead and beg for mercy for their husband and also to unabatedly glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which they do. In such an eloquent way that one can only uh, become very uh, appreciative of their prayers. obeisances unto you, this is text number 42 and 43, who are the ultimate soul of the physical elements, of the subtle basis of perception, of the senses, of the vital air of life and of the mind, intelligence and consciousness. By your arrangement, the infinitesimal spirit souls falsely identify with the three modes of material nature, and their perception of their own true self thus becomes clouded. We offer our obeisances unto you, the unlimited Supreme Lord, the supremely subtle one, the omniscient personality of Godhead who are always fixed in unchanging uh, unchanging transcendence who sanction the opposing views of different philosophies and who are the power upholding expressed ideas and the words that express them. Text 44. We offer our obeisances again and again to you who are the basis of all authoritative evidence, who are the author and ultimate source of the revealed scriptures and who have manifested yourself in those Vedic literatures encouraging sense gratification, as well as in those encouraging renunciation of the material world. We offer our obeisances again and again to you, who are the basis of all authoritative evidence, who are the author and ultimate source of the revealed scriptures, and who have manifested yourself in those Vedic literatures, encouraging sense gratification, as well as in those encouraging renunciation of the material world. Purport, if we did not have the powers of perception and cognition, evidence could not be transmitted, and if we had no tendency to believe in particular modes of evidence, persuasion could not take place. All of these processes, perception, cognition, persuasion, and transmission, take place through the various potencies of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord is himself the greatest scholar and intellectual being he manifests the transcendental scriptures within the hearts of great devotees like Brahma and Narada. And in addition, he incarnates as Veda Vyas, the compiler of all Vedic knowledge in multifarious ways. The Lord generates a variety of religious scriptures, which gradually bring the conditioned souls through the various phases of re-entry into the kingdom of God. I love that last statement, various phases of re-entry into the kingdom of God, indicating that going back to Godhead is a process. It's not necessarily an event. There are various stages, but as soon as one is in the process, it's guaranteed that one will go back to Godhead. And the, the pursuit of that, or actually the pursuit of developing one's love of Godhead is an eternal process. It's never ending. Text 45, we offer our obeisances to Lord Krishna and Lord Rama, the sons of Vasudeva, and to Lord pradyumna and Lord Aniruddha. We offer our obeisances respectfully unto the master of all the saintly devotees of Vishnu. Obeisances to you, O Lord, who manifest varieties of material and spiritual qualities. You disguise yourself with the material qualities and yet the functioning of those same material qualities ultimately reveals your existence. You stand apart from the material qualities as a witness and can be fully known only by your devotees. Purport. The word guna conveys various meanings, the three basic qualities of material nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance, excellent qualities one manifests because of piety and spiritual achievement, or the internal senses, such as the mind and intelligence. The word pradipaya means unto him who manifests or illumines. Thus here, the Nagapatnis are addressing the Supreme Lord as he who manifests all material and spiritual qualities and who causes the living entities to be conscious. One can see the Lord by going beyond the screen of material nature, and therefore he is called gunatma Chadanaya. If one methodically and intelligently studies the functioning of the material qualities, he will ultimately conclude that there is a Supreme Personality of Godhead and that he exhibits his illusory potency to bewilder those who do not surrender unto him. The Lord is never affected by the modes of nature being their witness, and thus he is called Guna Drashtre. The word swa indicates one's own, and Swa sambide means that Lord Krishna can be known only by his own people, the devotees, and also that ultimately only the Lord can know himself perfectly. Therefore, we should take Lord Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita and immediately come to the right conclusion, full surrender to the Lord's lotus feet. Thus we should humbly glorify the Lord following the example of the Nagaputnis. Text forty seven. O Lord Rishikesh, Master of the senses, please let us offer our obeisances unto you whose pastimes are inconceivably glorious. Your existence can be inferred from the necessity for a creator and revealer of all cosmic manifestations. But although your devotees can understand you in this way, to the non-devotees you remain silent, absorbed in self-satisfaction. Obeisances unto you who know the destination of all things, superior and inferior, and who are the presiding regulator of all that be. You are distinct from the universal creation, and yet you are the basis upon which the illusion of material creation evolves, and also the witness of this illusion. Indeed, you are the root cause of the entire world. Purport the words para and avara indicate superior subtle elements and inferior gross ones. The words also indicate superior personalities, devotees of the Lord and inferior personalities who are unaware of the glories of God. Lord Krishna knows the destiny of all superior and inferior entities, animate and inanimate. And as the supreme absolute truth, he remains in his unique position above everything as indicated by the word, Sarvad Yakshaya, text 49. O Almighty Lord, although you have no reason to become involved in material activity, still you act through your eternal potency of time and arrange for the creation, maintenance, and destruction of this universe. You do this by awakening the distinct functions of each of the modes of nature, which before the creation lie dormant. Simply by your glance, you perfectly execute all these activities of cosmic control in a sporting mood. Purport. Skeptics may question why the Supreme Lord has created the material world, which is full of birth, maintenance, and death. Here the Nagaputnis point out that the Lord's pastimes are amoga, beyond any discrepancy. Sri Krishna actually desires that all conditioned souls live with him in his eternal kingdom, But those forgetful souls who are inimical to their loving relationship with God must go to the material world and be subjugated to the conditions of time. The fortunate conditioned souls are startled into remembrance of their actual position as loving servants of the Lord. And from within the heart, the Lord then encourages them to come back home, back to Godhead, where time is conspicuous by its absence and where eternal blissful existence supersedes the dramatic but disturbing functions of cosmic creation and annihilation. We become startled into, (laughs) here it is, the fortunate conditioned souls are startled into remembrance of their actual position as loving servants of the Lord. Well, you can't say the, the material energy isn't a little startling what do you think text 50 therefore all material bodies throughout the three worlds those that are peaceful in the mode of goodness those that are agitated in the mode of passion and those that are foolish in the mode of ignorance all are your creations still those living entities whose bodies are in the mode of goodness are especially dear to you and it is to maintain them and protect their religious principles, that you are now present on the earth. At least once a master should tolerate an offense committed by his child or subject. O oh, Supreme Peaceful Soul, you should therefore forgive our foolish husband who did not understand who you are. Purport Because of their extreme anxiety, In this verse, Kaliya's wives mention the same idea twice, that the Supreme Lord should kindly forgive their foolish husband. The Lord is Shantadma, the supreme peaceful soul, and therefore the Nagapatnis suggest it would be proper for him to overlook at least this once, the great offense committed by the ignorant Kaliya. O Supreme Lord, please be merciful. It is proper for the saintly to feel compassion for women like us. This serpent is about to give up his life. Please give us back our husband, who is our life and soul. Now please tell us, your maidservants, what we should do. Certainly anyone who faithfully executes your order is automatically freed from all fear. That's so nice, I'll read it again. Now please tell us, your maidservants, what we should do. Certainly anyone who faithfully executes your order is automatically freed from all fear. That's just so simple and sweet. I mean, first of all, the mood of the maidservant. Whatever you say I'll do, I'm totally surrendering to you. Whether you chastise me, whether you um, glorify me, however you treat me, I'm your eternal maidservant. This is the mood of, of the pure devotees. So here they say, now please tell us, your maidservants, what we should do. And this is the great relief in life, is coming to this conclusion that I should just take the dictation of the Lord. I read this this morning, but in the Bhagavad Gita 331, you'll find this statement by Krishna, who else can say this? except for his representatives. Those persons who execute their duties according to my injunction, injunctions, and who follow this teaching teaching faithfully without envy become free from the bondage of fruit of actions. It's just... um, uh, an attitude one can develop that whatever Krishna says, I'll follow. So, here the Nagapatnis have this. It's so nice. Now, please tell us, your maidservants, what we should do. Certainly, anyone who faithfully executes your order is automatically freed from all fear. Purport The surrender of Kaliya's wives was now complete, and Lord Krishna immediately gave them his mercy, as described in the following verses Shishuka Uvacha. Itam sa naga patni beer Bhagavan sama biştutaha bishut, murchitam bhagna shirasam visar sa sar jan gri Shukadeva Goswami said, "Thus praised by the naga Patanis, the supreme personality of Godhead released the serpent Kaliya, who had fallen unconscious, his heads battered." by the striking of the Lord's lotus feet. Purport. According to Srila Vishnu Chakravartya or Lord Krishna, upon reaching his destination, immediately jumped down from Kaliya's hoods and stood before the serpent and his wives. We should remember that when Lord Krishna executed these pastimes, he was just a young village boy in Vrindavan. 55. Kaliya slowly regained his vital force and sensory functions. Then, breathing loudly and painfully, the poor serpent addressed Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, in humble submission. The serpent Kaliya said, Our very birth as a snake has made us envious, ignorant, and constantly angry. Oh, my Lord, it is so difficult for people to give up their conditioned nature by which they identify with that which is unreal. Purport. Srila Sadatana Goswami points out that because of his wretched condition, Kalia was unable to compose original prayers to the Lord, and thus he paraphrased some of the prayers offered by his wives. The word graha indicates that a conditioned soul seizes upon impermanent and impure things, such as his own body the bodies of others, and other countless varieties of material sense objects. The ultimate result of such material attachment is frustration, disappointment, and anguish, a fact that has now become crystal clear to the poor serpent Kaliya. 57. O Supreme Creator, it is you who generate this universe composed of the variegated arrangement of the material modes, and in the process, you manifest var- various kinds of personalities and species, varieties of sensory and physical strength, and varieties of mothers and fathers with variegated mentalities and forms. Purport commenting on this verse, Srila Vacharya has quoted the Narada Purana as follows, quote, from Hiranyagarbha, Brahma comes, from Hiranyagarbha, Brahma comes the second creation of this universe, but the universe is primarily created by Vishnu himself. Vishnu is thus the primary creator, and four-headed Brahma is merely the secondary creator. Text 58. O Supreme Personality of Godhead, among all the species within your material creation, we serpents are by nature always enraged. Your material creation excuse me. O spring Purcell you got it among all the species within your material creation, we serpents are by nature always enraged. Being thus illusioned by your illusory energy, which is very difficult to give up, how can we possibly give it up on our own? Purport, Kalia is here indirectly begging for the Lord's mercy, realizing that on his own he can never become free from illusion and suffering. Only by surrendering to the Lord and obtaining his mercy can one be released from the painful conditions of material life. 59. O Lord, since you are the omniscient Lord of the universe, you are the actual cause of freedom from illusion. Please arrange for us whatever you consider proper, whether it be mercy or punishment. 60. Shukadev Goswami said, after hearing Kaliya's words, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is acting the role of a human being, replied, O serpent, you may not remain here any longer. Go back to the ocean immediately. Accompanied by your retinue of children, wives, other relatives, and friends, let this river be enjoyed by the cows and humans. If a mortal being attentively remembers my command to you to leave Vrindavan and go to the ocean and narrates this account at sunrise and sunset, he will never be afraid of you. If one bathes in this place of my pastimes and offers the water of this lake to the demigods and other worshipable personalities, or if one observes a fast and duly worships and remembers me, he is sure to become free from all sinful reactions. Purport. According to the Acharyas, the Lord spoke this verse to make it clear to Kalia that he could by no means remain in the Jamuna Lake. Although the Lord had mercifully pardoned the serpent and ordered him to go to the ocean with all his associates, Kalia should not even consider requesting to remain in the lake because it was now to become a holy place for spiritual pilgrims. 63. Out of fear of Garuda, you left Ramanaka Island and came to take shelter of this lake but because you are now marked with my footprints, Garuda will no longer try to eat you. Yeah. Shukadev Goswami continued, My dear King, having been released by Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose activities are wonderful, Kalia joined his wives in worshiping him with great joy and reverence. Purport. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments as follows on this verse. The word Adbhuta, Karmana, indicates the Lord's wonderful activities of saving the residents of Vrindavan from Kalia, saving Kalia himself from Garuda, and bestowing grace upon both the victims of violence and the committer of that violence. The word Krishnena, by Krishna, indicates that because Kaliya's wives were great devotees of the Lord and offered him loving affection, Krishna withdrew, Karshanam, both Kaliya's offense against the Lord's devotee, Garuda, and that against the residents of Vrindavan, who were very dear to him. It's an important point, and I'm going to read it again. Srila Vishenath Chakravati Thakur comments as follows on this verse. The word Adbhuta Karmana indicates the Lord's wonderful activities of saving the residents of Vrindavan from Kaliya, saving Kaliya himself from Garuda, and bestowing grace upon both the victims of violence and the committer of that violence. The words Krishnena by Krishna indicates that because Kaliya's wives were great devotees of the Lord and offered him loving affection, Krishna withdrew, Karshanam, both Kali's offense against the Lord's devotee, Garuda, and that against the residents of Vrindavan, who were very dear to him. Makes a good case for prayer, doesn't it? <laughs> if you please the Lord with your mood of prayer, even if it's not so sophisticated, then he can clear the path for you. There's a verse at the end of the Sri Upanishad, Agne Naya Supatara Yasman Vishwani Deva Vidvan, you just much to Haraname, no? uktim videma. Oh, my Lord, as powerful as fire, omnipotent one, now I offer all obeisances falling on the ground at your feet. Oh, my Lord, please remove all the obstacles on my path to progress because you know everything I've done in the past. Please remember all I've done for you. So the, the Lord is uh, aware of the devotee's mood, and if one prays to Krishna, especially. Uh, effective is using the prayers of his pure devotees, but saving, saving, saying them with one's own uh, feeling. Of course, one can also make one's own prayers, as Prabhupada mentions in one of his purports, that you can tell Krishna, I am being tossed by the waves of the material ocean in this way and that. <laughs> Please help me. Uh, Krishna is always there for us. He's always there within the heart, and he hears every one of our prayers and especially when they're imbued with the mood of surrender and uh, sincerity and even helplessness. Last verse in the chapter, Kalia worshiped the Lord of the universe by offering him fine garments along with necklaces, jewels, and other valuable ornaments, wonderful scents and ointments, and a large garland of lotus flowers. Having thus pleased the Lord, whose flag is marked with the emblem of Garuda, Kalia felt satisfied. Receiving the Lord's permission to leave, Kalia circumambulated him and offered him obeisances. Then, taking his wives, friends, and children, he went to his island in the sea. The very moment Kalia left, the Jamuna was immediately restored to her original condition Free from poison and full of nectarine water. This happened by the mercy of the supreme personality of Godhead, who is manifesting a human-like form to enjoy his pastimes. Purport, Srila has commented extensively on this verse to explain the word "mani b" Kaliya worshipped the Lord with jewels. The acharya has quoted from the Sri Radha Krishna. Ganodeshi Dipika by Rupa Goswami as follows: Kaustubha Kyo Manirjina Pravishya Radam Auragam Kalia Vrinda, Hastair Atmo paharita The Lord had made His Kaustubha gem enter the serpent's lake, and then He arranged for it to be presented to Himself by the hands of Kalia's wives. In other words, because Lord Krishna wanted to act just like an ordinary human being, he made the transcendental kaustuba gem invisible and caused it to enter within Kaliya's treasury. Then, when the appropriate moment came for Kaliya to worship the Lord with many different jewels and ornaments, the serpent's wives, unaware of the Lord's transcendental trick, presented him with the kaustuba gem thinking it was simply one of the jewels in their possession. The Acharya has further commented that the reason Lord Krishna is described in this verse as Garuda Dwaja, he whose flag is marked by the symbol of his carrier Garuda, is that Kaliya also desired to become Lord Krishna's carrier. Garuda and the serpents are originally related As brothers, and therefore Kaliya wanted to indicate to Lord Krishna, if you ever have to go to a distant place, you should also think of me as your personal carrier. I am the servant of your servant, and in the wink of an eye, I can travel hundreds of millions of yojanas. Thus, the Puranas narrate that in the course of Lord Krishna's eternal cycle of pastimes, when Kamsa orders the Lord to come to Mathura, he sometimes goes there mounted upon Kaliya, Thus ends the purports of the humble servants of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada to the 10th canto, 16th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled, Krishna Chastises the Serpent Kaliya," A fact mentioned also by Sanatana Goswami in the Brihat Bhagavatam Bhagavatamrita, and that is that this pastime of Krishna going into a matura is often enacted when Krishna harnesses Kaliya like a horse and he rides him around. So he obviously took him up on the offer to accept him as a carrier. And we'll just take a few comments before I go to the next chapter, which I know you're going to want to hear because it's the history of Kaliya and probably you're... You're eager to hear that, to tie all the loose ends together, because there are a few loose ends here, aren't there? So let's hear uh, what um, uh, reflections you have or any questions so far. Hare Krishna. Yes, Mukharavinda.
1: Hare Krishna Guru Mahatma uh, Guru Always Shri Prabhupada. Thank you so much. It's so I had uh, one reflection and one question. Uh, reflection is I really liked like how Krishna made, Lord Krishna made very specific request. And then he didn't left in the purport to. Um, I think some some acharyas explained that he didn't leave any chance that he will ask to stay in the Yamuna itself. He made very clear you have to leave this place, and <laughs> so it's this very very clear request, specific request Krishna made, and I was really amazed to see that uh, you have taught us in uh, in the one of the tenant of NVC non violence communication in the fourth, I and mean, it's like fourth is very specific request. So he's made very specific. There is no. Nothing he left uh, for Kaliya to uh, have anything. Uh, yep. Straightforward. Straight yeah.
0: Straightforward.
1: Straightforward. And uh, uh, the one question I have, Maharaj, in the verse number fifty-two, when um, when the uh, when the is um, they ask, uh, this serpent is about to. I am quoting the verse uh, where it says, "This serpent is about to give up his life. Please give us back our husband, who is our life and soul." So, um, the question comes like we know that now they are such a great devotee of Lord Krishna, and they're again considering their husband as like their life and soul. So, this is like uh, both things uh, somehow is not able to fit in my small brain. How to understand both the things that they are considering their husband as life and soul, and also they are considered as the great devotee of Krishna?
0: Well, husbands are important to wives, and vice versa. And not only that, we see that. He was just a little uh, misguided there for a while. And when his wife's, the Nagapatni saw that he had been rectified by Krishna's chastisement, they were very much encouraged up until that point. They weren't so much uh, on his side. They were more on Krishna's side. But this is uh, Dharma, and it's a way of expressing um, one's high character, by sticking to the, uh, like the wife sticks to the husband, the husband sticks to the wife. And um, they were um, very clear about the fact that Kali had been rectified and therefore that they wanted to, uh, to save him. So those are a few ideas for you. Okay. Any other questions or reflections?
1: I wanted uh, Hari Krishna Guruva, This is Shraddha. I I wanted to um, see if you could elaborate a little bit more on the Kastuba gem. Like, why did Krishna do that? Because the Nagpatnis did not know.
0: It doesn't say anything more about that except for the Kastuba gem. Originally comes, or it is mentioned in the pastime of the churning of the ocean of milk that it comes out of there. And then um, Vishnu took that. And so then he had it, and now obviously, all it said here is he made it invisible to go into the treasury of Kaliya, and, and obviously being omniscient, he knew they were gonna give him a gift, so he arranged that they give him back to Kosh Jam. But that's the extent of what's mentioned there.
1: Okay. Um, and one more thing which I really liked was that um, in the beginning you were talking about um, we were talking about how um, about how the material energy kind of, you know, shakes us up and startles us. Uh, startles us. Yeah, and we are fortunate when it happens that and then you had also mentioned in that uh, in that context you had said that uh, about the devotional service that when one is in the process that there is a guarantee that it will be back to godhead and i was just thinking that. so strada
0: was saying and i have to repeat these because not everyone on facebook can hear what's being said on zoom unfortunately so strada mentioned two things one was uh, the comment in the purport about how the living entities get startled by the material nature and then by krishna's mercy they're able to start their path back to godhead and also that those who take to the process of devotional service are guaranteed of going back home, back to Godhead. Those are the two points you made, right? Yes, my Yeah, thank you very much. And um, Sukeshwari had asked about Kaliya in Fiji, and Prabhupada said something about that. That's why in the Fiji temple they have Kaliya Krishna, because he indicated that that's where he went after he took off. Transcendental. I can't understand it, but there it is. Anything else?
1: More uh, comments on the Facebook.
0: Okay, more comments on the Facebook. Dainip said, I can hear now. Tony Powell said, Jesus on the way. Um, Sheshwari Lila's watching. Um, Manjula Kanta said, I like the text 56 when Kalia says, it is so difficult for people to give up their conditioned nature, a sad graha. Yeah, it's not so easy, is it? Um, however, as it's mentioned by Kapila there's a way in which, through the process of devotional service, especially hearing, that the gross uh, excuse me, the subtle material body is digested, just the way food is digested in the stomach. Preachy Sandarbha says, Hare Krishna, thank you for the wonderful class. Do I need to lost the sound? Um, Janavasundari is here watching. Okay. So, um, if there's nothing else, I'm gonna go on to the next section, the history of Kaliya. Are you all ready?
1: Yes. Yes,
0: okay. Avishakalila and Sundar tuning in from Chennai. And, and Sadhu, Sadhu Madhava tuning in from Chennai. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this is uh, Canto 10. You're in the 10th Canto. So um, this is the real thing. 10th Canto, 17th chapter, the history of Kalia. Having thus heard how Lord Lord Krishna chastised Kalia. King Parikshit inquired, why did Kalia leave Ramanaka Island, the abode of the serpents, and why did Garuda become so antagonistic toward him alone? Shukadeva Goswami said, to avoid being eaten by Garuda, the serpents had previously made an arrangement with him whereby they would each make a, a monthly offering of tribute at the base of a tree. Thus, every month on schedule, O mighty Armed King Prikshit, each serpent would duly make his offering to that powerful carrier of Vishnu as a purchase of protection. Purport Srila Sridhar Swami has given an alternative explanation of this verse. Upaharyai may also be translated as by those who are to be eaten, and Sarpa Janai as those human beings who were dominated by or who belonged to the serpent race. According to this reading, a group of human beings had fallen under the control of the serpents and were prone to being eaten by them. To avoid this, the human beings would make a monthly offering to the serpents, who in turn would offer a portion of that offering to Garuda so that he would not eat them. The particular translation given above is based on the commentary of Srila Sanatana Goswami and the transda- translation by Srila Prabhupada in his Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In any case, all the Acharyas agree that the serpents purchased protection from Garuda. Text four. Although all the other serpents were dutifully making offerings to Garuda, one serpent, the arrogant Kaliya, son of Kadru, would eat all these offerings before Garuda could claim them. Thus, Kaliya directly defied the the carrier of Lord Vishnu. O king, the greatly powerful Garuda, who is very dear to the Supreme Lord, became angry when he heard of this. Desiring to kill Kaliya, he rushed toward the serpent with tremendous speed. Purport Srila Sanatana Goswami explains that the word Mahavega indicates that the great speed of Garuda cannot be checked by anyone. As Garuda swiftly fell upon him, Kalia, who had the weapon of poison, raised his numerous heads to counterattack. Showing his ferocious tongues and expanding his horrible eyes, Kalia then bit Garuda with the weapons of his fangs." the Acharyas explain that Kaliya used his weapon of poison at a distance by spitting venom upon his enemy and at a short range by biting him with his terrible fangs. The angry son of Tarksha moved with overwhelming speed in repelling Kaliya's attack. That terribly powerful carrier of Lord Madhusudana, struck the son of Kadru with his left wing, which shone like gold. Beaten by Garuda's wing, Kalia was extremely distraught, and thus he took shelter of a lake adjoining the river Jamuna. Garuda could not enter this lake. Indeed, he could not even approach it. In that very lake, Garuda had once desired to eat a fish. Fish being, after all, his normal food. Although forbidden by the sage Saubri, who was meditating there within the water, Garuda took courage and, feeling hungry, seized the fish. Purport, Shukadev Goswami is now explaining why Garuda could not approach the lake in the Jamuna River. It is the nature of birds to eat fish, and thus, by the arrangement of the Lord, <clears throat> the great bird Garuda does not commit any offense by nourishing himself with fish. On the other hand, Sauburi, Muni's forbidding a much greater personality to eat his normal food, did constitute an offense. According to Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, committed two offenses. First, he dared to give an order to a supremely exalted soul like Garuda. And second, he obstructed Garuda from satisfying his desire. Text number 10. Seeing how the unfortunate fish in that lake had become most unhappy at the death of their leader, Stowberry uttered the following curse under the impression that he was mercifully acting for the benefit of the lake's residents. Purport In this regard, Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur explains that when our so called compassion does not tally with the order of the Supreme Lord. It merely causes a disturbance. Because Sauberi had forbidden Garuda's coming to that lake, Kalia moved in and made his headquarters there, and this spelled doom for all the lake's residents. 11. If Garuda ever enters this lake and eats the fish here, He will immediately lose his life. What I am saying is the truth. Purport. The Acharyas explain in this regard that because of Saubri Muni's material attachment and affection for a fish, he failed to see the situation from the spiritual viewpoint. The ninth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam describes his fall down for for this offense. Because of false pride, Saubri Muni lost his power of austerity and with it his spiritual beauty and happiness. When Garuda came to the Jamuna, Saubari Muni thought, although he may be a personal associate of the Supreme Lord, I will still curse him and even kill him if he disobeys my order. Such an offense, offensive attitude toward an exalted Vaishnava will certainly destroy one's auspicious position of life. As the Ninth Canto describes, Muni married many beautiful women and suffered greatly in their association. But because he had once become glorious by taking shelter of the Jamuna River in Sri Vrindavan, he was ultimately delivered. Hey, Ananda. Of all the serpents, only Kalia came to know of this affair. And in fear of Garuda, He took up residence in that Jamuna Lake. Later, Lord Krishna drove him out. Resuming his description of Krishna's chastisement of Kaliya, Shukadeva Goswami continued, Krishna rose up out of the lake wearing divine garlands, fragrances, and garments covered with many fine jewels and decorated with gold. When the coward boys saw him, they all stood up immediately just like an unconscious person's senses coming back to life. Filled with great joy, they affectionately embraced him. Having regained their vital functions, Yashoda, Rohini, Nanda, and all the cowherd women and men went up to Krishna. O descendant of Kuru, even the dried up trees came back to life. Lord Balaram, Embraced his infallible brother and laughed, knowing well the extent of his potency. Out of great feelings of love, he lifted him up on his lap and repeatedly looked at him. The cows, bulls, and young female calves also achieved the highest pleasure. All the respectable brahmanas, together with their wives, came forward to greet Nanda Maharaj. They said to him, Your son. Was in the grips of Kaliya. but by the grace of providence, he is now free. The Brahmanas then advised Nanda Maharaj to assure that your son, Krishna, will always be free from, ang- from danger, you should give charity to the Brahmanas. With a satisfied mind, O king, Nanda Maharaj then very gladly gave them gifts of cows and gold. The greatly fortunate Mother Yashoda, having lost her son and then regained him, placed him on her lap. That chaste lady cried constant torrents of tears as she repeatedly embraced him. O best of kings, Pariksit, because the residents of Vrindavan were feeling very weak from hunger, thirst and fatigue, they and the cows spent the night where they were, lying down near the bank. Of the Kalindi. Purport Shilas Jiva Goswami points out that although the people were weak from hunger and thirst, they did not drink the milk from the cows present there because they feared it had been contaminated by the serpent's poison. The residents of Vrindavan were so overjoyed to get back their beloved Krishna that they did not want to go back to their houses. They wanted to stay with Krishna on the bank of the Jamuna so that they could continuously see him. Thus they decided to take rest near the riverbank. 21. During the night, while all the people of Vrindavan were asleep, a great fire blazed up within the dry summer forest. The fire surrounded the inhabitants of Raja on all sides and began to scorch them. Purport. Srila Sanatana Goswami and Srila vishnu Chakravarti Thakur have commented that perhaps a loyal friend of Kaliya had assumed the form of a forest fire to avenge his friend, or perhaps perhaps the forest fire was manifest by a demon who was a follower of Kamsas. 22. Then the residents of Vrindavan woke up, extremely disturbed by the great fire threatening to burn them. Thus they took shelter of Krishna, the Supreme Lord, who... By his spiritual potency appeared like an ordinary human being. Purport The Shruti or Vedic mantras state, Swarupa Bhutaya Nitya Shakyamaya Kyakya, the Lord's eternal potency named Maya, is innate in his original form. Thus, within the eternal spiritual body of the Supreme Lord, there is infinite potency which effortlessly manipulates all existence according to the omniscient desire of the absolute truth. The residents of Vrindavan took shelter of Krishna thinking. This blessed boy will certainly be empowered by God to save us. They remembered the words of the great sage of the great sage Gargamuni spoken at the birth ceremony of Lord Krishna. Anina Sarva Durgani Yunyam Agyas Tarishita. By his power you will easily be able to cross over all obstacles. Well, that's from Bhagavatam 10816. Therefore, the residents of Vrindavan who had full faith in Krishna took shelter of the Lord in hopes of being saved from the impending disaster threatened by the forest fire. 23. Krishna krishna o lord of all opulence o rama possessor of unlimited power this most terrible fire is about to devour us your devotees krishna krishna mahabhaga he rama mit vikrama esha tamo vanis tavakan grasate hina 624 o lord We are your true friends and devotees. Please protect us from this insurmountable fire of death. We can never give up your lotus feet, which drive away all fear. Purport, the residents of Vrindavan told Krishna, if this deadly fire overcomes us, we will be separated from your lotus feet. And this is unbearable for us. Therefore, just so that we can go on serving your lotus feet, please protect us. 25. Seeing his devotees so disturbed, Sri Krishna, the infinite Lord of the universe and possessor of infinite power, then swallowed the terrible forest fire. Up he but, he drank it. Tum agnim abhibat tivram. Tivram means very intense, terrible, and agnim obviously is fire. And apibat, he drank it. He just drank the forest fire. Thus end the purports of the humble servant of his servants of his divine grace, bhakti Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, to the tenth canto, sixteenth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled "The History of Kaliya." Hare Krishna. Any um, reflections? Either on Facebook or on Zoom. Yes, Ananda Prabhu, go ahead. Good to see you. I hope you're making sourdough bread over there.
2: <laughs> I, I did yesterday, actually.
0: Yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> it's very nice to see you as well. Um, I just wanted to reflect because there was that verse when, when Krishna came back and how all the residents regained their life. And uh, I was thinking today because uh, just recently kind of like getting a bit absorbed in the news and today I was like, no more. And I, I'm, I'm taking complete news fast. I'm just over it. And I, I was listening to your classes. You are talking about how. You know, this material world is always a place of suffering and misery. It's not like a new thing. <laughs> and, and the antidote is not virus kata, it's Krishna kata. And just like hearing a lot of nectar devotion, like the qualities of Krishna. And then I was listening to the CC this morning and just kind of had a really focused day of hearing and chanting. And, uh, and just how I'm feeling, like alive and, and connected. And then I was, we we're out on Harinam today up in Boulder. And uh, walking out onto Pearl Street Mall, it was like a frozen, you know, downer zone. Like people were just kind of, you could tell like the mood was heavy. And, uh, and they were just like distracting themselves with Pearl Street. But then um, when the Harinam just started going and the Kirtan was going and the Holy Names were there, you just saw people come alive. And I was just thinking about that, like with, with Krishna, when he came back and how the residents, they had this poison, they had, kinda, they had consumed this poison and just fainted from anxiety. And then when Krishna came back, how they were brought back to life.
0: Thank you for bringing us back to life with that <laughs> description of your day and the Nam and reminding uh, all, all of us about how the antidote to the poison of material existence, which comes to the sound vibration, Mm-hmm. It's really uh, Krishna Kata. As I've said before, uh, if you don't like what you're being subjected to, change the subject. Mm-hmm. Because that's our, that's our prerogative. And that's really what the, how we turn on a dime here in, in, the, in the material world. We can decide at any moment to change our, our course. Mm-hmm. I, I got a, a text from a God brother a uh, Very dear Godbrother of mine, who was um, just sort of reflecting on his whole life, and my interpretation of of his mood was uh, startled, <laughs> just as we had read in the purport earlier, that uh, when the living entity gets startled by the material nature, then uh, it makes it a lot more feasible to surrender to Krishna, mm. and so this is uh, very practical the hearing and chanting and the way that um, Shukadev and all the acharyas teach us that there's one thing that actually will enter our minds and hearts and systemically have an effect on us. Uh, and otherwise spinning the mind over and over again, like you said, in, in a certain kind of kata, uh from the material platform really, um, never has any end to it. It's like a ceiling fan. You look at it, it's just going around and around and around and around. But there's mm. penetrating effect here in the Krishna Kata, isn't it? Mm. Thank you very much, Ananda, for bringing some light and sunshine. Hare Krishna. Hare
1: Krishna. Lord
0: Premanande. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Hey, keep up the good work in that kitchen there, too. <laughs> We're rooting for you there. Anyone else would like to add something? I'm checking on Facebook now in case I miss some. Oh, Namrata said, I really liked this line, when our so-called compassion does not tally, yeah, with the order of the Supreme, it merely causes, yeah, uh, um, sorry, it merely causes disturbance. This reminded me of how Arjuna was put into ignorance by Krishna, and he was inflicted with material compassion for his family before the battle of Krukshetra. Yeah, I noticed that one also. Yeah, uh, and, and it was very profound also, the context of the way in which um, <clears throat> Sauburi got entangled by misplaced compassion. And um I have to measure things carefully, especially when you're dealing with Vaishnavas, especially like Garuda. Okay, yes. It is such a great time for Harinam. Nandapatni Devidasi. Yes, it is. <laughs> And that was great when uh, Ananda Murari Prabhu checked in and told us about the Harinam today, how it brought everyone back to life. Anyone else on Zoom want to check in? Okay, I have some extra special nectar for the last part of our reading tonight. Since we still have a few minutes left, I'm reading from the 13th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Just a slight switch of gears, but I think this will be a nice ending to the to the reading tonight. Reading from the 13th chapter of Gita, Nature, the Enjoyer, and Consciousness. And here Arjuna says Arjuna Vacha Prakritim Purusham Chaiva Shetram Shetrajnam Evacha Etad Veditum Ichchami Jnanam Gayam Chikeshava Sri Bhagavan Vacha Idam Shariram Kaunteya Shetram Ityabhadiyate arjuna said oh my dear krishna i wish to know about prakriti nature purusha the enjoyer and the field and the knower of the field and of knowledge and the object of knowledge the supreme personality of god had said this body o son of kunti is called the field and one who knows this field is called the knower of the field. Sorry to put my hand in front of the camera. but Purport. Arjuna was inquisitive about prakriti, nature, purusha, the enjoyer, kshetra, the field, kshetrajya, yeah, its knower, and knowledge and the object of knowledge. When he inquired about all these, Krishna said that this body is called the field and that one who knows this body is called the knower of the field. This body is the field of activity for the conditioned soul. The conditioned soul is entrapped in material existence, and he attempts to lord it over material nature. And so, according to his capacity to dominate material nature, he gets a field of activity. That field of activity is the body. And what is the body? The body is made of senses. The conditioned soul wants to enjoy sense gratification, and according to his capacity to enjoy sense gratification, he is offered a body or field of activity. Therefore, the body is called kshetra, or the field of activity for the conditioned soul. Now, the person who should not identify himself with the body is called Kshetragya, the knower of the field. It is not very difficult to understand the difference between the field and its knower, the body and the knower of the body. Any person can consider that from childhood to old age, he undergoes so many changes of body and yet is still one person remaining. Thus, there is a difference between the knower of the field of activities and the actual field of activities. A living conditioned soul can thus understand that he is different from the body. It is described in the beginning, Dehi no smin, that the living entity is within the body and that the body is changing from childhood to boyhood and from boyhood to youth and from youth to old age. And the person who owns the body knows that the body is changing. The owner is distinctly Shetargya. Sometimes we think, I am happy. I am a man, I am a woman, I am a dog, I am a cat. These are the bodily designations of the knower. But the knower is different from the body. Although we may use many articles, our clothes, etc., we know that we are different from the things used. Similarly, we also understand by a little contemplation that we are different from the body. I, or you, or anyone else who owns the body is called Kshetragya, the knower of the field of activities. And the body is called Kshetra, the field of activities itself. In the first six chapters of Bhagavad Gita, the knower of the body, the living entity, and the position by which he can understand the Supreme Lord are described. In the middle six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the relationship between the individual soul and the super soul in in regard to devotional service are described. The superior position of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the subordinate position of the individual soul are definitely defined in these chapters. The living entities are subordinate under all circumstances, but in their forgetfulness they are suffering. When enlightened by pious activities, They approach the Supreme Lord in different capacities, as the distressed, those in want of money, the inquisitive, and those in search of knowledge. That is also described. Now, starting with the 13th chapter, how the living entity comes into contact with material nature and how he is delivered by the Supreme Lord through the different methods of fruit of activities, cultivation of knowledge, and the discharge of devotional service are explained. Although the living entity is completely different from the material body, he somehow becomes related. This is also explained. So the Vedas say, Asango purushaha. the Purusha, in this case, actually the living entity is Prakriti, but he's described as Purusha when he comes to the material world to try to enjoy. Asango means that he actually has no relationship with the material world. It's a big mistake. So this relationship with the material world um, is completed when one develops a sense of trying to enjoy separately from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And by the arrangement of the external energy, there's some facility for living in that state this is the cause of fear bhayam dvitiya abhini beshita syad abhini beshita means to be fully absorbed in something and what is described in the verse I just quoted is that when one becomes fully absorbed in something that's not Krishna then fear arises that sounds uh, rather convoluted because actually Krishna is everything and that's where the catch is as it is said in the srimad Bhagavatam, pratieta, uh, na pratieta mayam, Bhagavatam. Krishna says everything is is me, but if you see something that's different from me, know that to be my illusory potency. That's maya. That's darkness. And duitia means the same thing, that I'm seeing a second thing where there's only one. So the point here is that the living entity, when he becomes separate in spirit from the Lord, and that is he wants to enjoy separately, and comes to the material world and is absorbed then in the external world through the senses and the mind, then he is full of fear. The antidote, Antidote is given in this verse. One should um, fix one's mind on doing devotional service with one point of attention and take shelter of Guru and Krishna, is what the verse says, then you can turn it around. Those are very important because the material world's is an extremely dangerous place. Once Markandeya Rishi, when he was sitting in his ashram, <laughs> he, he had darshan with the Supreme Personality of Godhead because Markandeya was very dear to the Lord for his full dedication to spiritual life. And the Lord asked him to take some benediction So, Markandeya Rishi said, I want to see your illusory potency. The Lord smiled mildly because he thought, this is not a very good idea. And then he disappeared. And sometime later, there arose a deafening sound, and it was the rising of the ocean of destruction that soon washed Markandeya Rishi away from his ashram and For millennia, he floated in that ocean, being tossed by the waves, helplessly. Until he came upon a beautiful young baby who was floating on a banyan leaf. And he came closer to see this all-attractive form. And as he did, he was sucked into the form, and then he ended up back in his ashram. Of course... When spoken in a truncated manner, one doesn't get the full impact of what it means to be tossed in the ways of destruction for millennia, as Markandeya was. But uh, we undergo such tribulations by somehow or other being related to the material energy. So for any person, even a simple human, even a a human who is got a bad start by being born in a lowly situation, can turn that around through devotional service. And one can turn around any scary condition of life by taking full shelter of Krishna. Because Krishna is the reality. And reality is not scary. Maya is scary because it's darkness, and we don't know what's going to happen. So the solution to all problems... Is given in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Tasmat Ekena Manasa, Bhagavan Sattvatambhati, Shotavya Deyam Pujas Tanityada, with one pointed attention, take shelter of the process of hearing, chanting, remembering, and worshiping Krishna. This is the solution. So uh, to overcome the, the kind of all-pervading sense of darkness that's enveloped the world just now you have to have light and light comes from krishna so hear krishna's names give special attention don't try to um, scratch the itch by listening to as anandam Marari prabhu said virus kata over and over and over and over again it doesn't help what does help, though, is Krishna Kata and the holy names and so forth. It's the only source of our satisfaction and happiness in life. So preaching to the choir here, because you all just joined the here Krishna Kata, and I deeply appreciate it. Um, we'll continue this vibration uh, at every single opportunity that we have without stoppage. So let's uh, keep tuned in uh, and, and fill in all the gaps, too. Make sure that you have the vibration going in your house. Make sure you're ch- always chanting Hare Krishna and um, pass that on to other people. Somebody, a, a workman came over to my house the other day and we gave him a science of self-realization. It was just so satisfying to see this uh, poor guy walk out of the house with a book <laughs> under his arm because the rest of the world looked so bleak. But when he, in contrast, the book, like, book looked like the sun, that he was carrying, and the wisdom within is the only medicine. Go pray, Hari Hari Bo. So, everyone, can unmute yourselves now. And everyone, all at the same time, say Hare Krishna, no matter what kind of behavior we get. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.
1: Hare Krishna.
0: Hari Hari
1: Bo.
0: Hare, 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 Hare,
2: Hare,
0: Hare, Hare Jorge… Bo. Shack, Ripley, the chapel. I wish they do. Not to the arm arm, man. Not to the arm, man. Not Hey, not to the arm, man. Not to the